Well, good day once again. Welcome to another edition of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. As we talk all things Brandon Wee Kings, my name is Chris Cavage. You can call me Falco, Director of Game Day Operations and Community Relations with the Wee Kings. The in-arena voice of the team is the PA announcer. He's Rob Mann, the radio voice of the team. Rob Mahone, so I love to call him here in the office. How are you, buddy? I'm pretty good. That is my second most insulting nickname. We can't say my first. <laughs> Robe Mahone. All right, Rob. So we are in the midst of an awesome streak here with the team. Everybody seems to be in a great mood. Everybody's buzzing. The win streak is now up to six. Oh, it's just a different feeling when you come to the rink when the team is winning. And people will, will ask me, you know, well, your job doesn't really change too much whether the team wins or loses, right? You still just call the game. No, it definitely changes when the team's winning or losing. Just the atmosphere around the rink, the attitude around the team, everything is so much easier when the team is in winning mode. And you don't want it to stop when they rattle off a couple wins in a row. It's like, no, no, let's keep this going. This is excellent. Everything about the job becomes easier. Everything feels a little lighter, so to speak. And with six wins in a row, staring down a possible seventh, things feel pretty light right now. Not just six wins in a row, but that sixth game, you get a 6-3 to three victory, and in that game, six different goal scorers. We've talked about that a couple times through the year. It's really nice to see contributions from line one through line four. Six different goal scorers. Nate Danielson's not in the lineup, and Brett Highland is not one of the six goal scorers. Yeah, how about you want that? to talk about offensive depth. I mean, this team, and we've talked about it before because it's been, I would argue, one of the defining factors of the team this season. And when we talk to Mateo Michaels in a couple minutes, you're going to hear him talk about it too. But this team's offensive depth is probably their signature, so to speak, and it was on full display against the Kelowna Rockets, and not just at even strength. No, this has been a stretch. Now, going into this win streak, the Weekings only had one shorthanded goal so far this season. Now, all of a sudden, what, in the last three games, they've got... We're up to six Five now. or six? Yeah, yeah, they're up to six now. And the funny thing is... So those, five in the last couple of games. It's been crazy. Those five goals have come in two individual games. It's wild. Right. You had three shorthanded goals against the Regina Pats in one game. The first time in nine years the team has done anything like that. We were closing in on the 10-year anniversary, actually, before I finally got through all the archives and found the last guys to do it for this group. And then two more shorthanded goals in a single game against the Kelowna Rockets. And against the Rockets, you could argue, no disrespect to the Kelowna Rockets, but you could argue that you saw that coming because the Rockets had 11 shorthanded goals against on the season. If there was going to be a team against whom the shorthanded offense was going to break out, it was probably going to be Kelowna. Regina, that was out of nowhere. Like, Regina just doesn't give up a lot of shorthanded goals. They've scored shorthanded goals against the Wheat Kings in two different games this year. Although, granted, one of those shorthanded goal scorers now wears a Wheat King sweater. But that just came out of nowhere. The best shorthanded offensive explosion for the team in nine years. And they dropped it on a night where they happened to be debuting in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we keep talking going back to that night. But man, the Wheat City Walleye. You know, and that's fun is the fact that that was in this stretch of, of, of games as well. So it's going to be remembered for that. Uh, this uh, week, we do have Mateo Michaels Jimmy joining us on the podcast. Uh, Mateo, the first ever weeking to come from the state of Texas. Uh, he was lately a Regina Pat. So we'll get into all that here in a little bit. Uh, before that, it is a very big week around here. Not only do we got this crazy month where we have eight home games in a row. Uh, we're about to get through the sixth home game before Christmas break. And uh, Rob, it's not like it's just another game that we can just get through. This is one of the biggest games of the year. It's the shopper 
Harper's Mall, Teddy, Tuke, and Mitt Toss Night. And uh, you've called some Teddy Bear Toss goals, uh, oh, I'm sure, in the past. I love these games. This will be your first one here. But, first one here. But, uh, you know, going back, how many Teddy Bear Toss goals uh, have, do you think you've called so far? Was well, there any in Junior A you did? Uh, yeah, definitely in Junior A. The Bruins, uh, when I was in Estevan, did the teddy bear toss. The COVID year, they didn't have one, obviously, and that was right. disappointing. But uh, the first three seasons I was there, they had one. I will say my final full season with the Bruins, the non-COVID year, we did have a teddy bear toss organizer's nightmare. Tanner Manns scored 11 seconds in. Now, when I say Teddy Bear Toss Organizer's Nightmare, that's one of the nightmares. The I other, was going to say the one is they just don't gonna, score. We're not going to say the other yeah. one. But the first one is uh, I said it. they <laughs> score before everybody's in their seats. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, and that's exactly what happened with Tanner Manns. He was left alone in front. I think it was like 11, maybe 12 seconds in and potted one. And this you know, sparse scattering of teddy bears hit the ice because everybody carrying the bears, some of whom had great big garbage bags full of them, were still in the lobby because he'd scored that quickly. And incidentally, as we review the teddy bear toss history of the Wheat Kings, that's something that's happened here not that long ago. Uh, it's happened a couple of times since I've been here. Uh, Renee Hunter, uh, back in, what was it, like 2013, 14, one of my first years here, he he, uh, he scored early. It was like 29 seconds in. We had, they did the video yesterday, 29 seconds in. And then it was uh, Brett Hyland, 20 seconds in, back in 2021 to get that one. Exact same story. We had lots of people still in the concourse, still waiting. People were upset they missed it. They wanted to throw it on for the second goal. It was like, nah, sorry, sorry, you got it. So we we try to remind people, friendly reminder, please make sure that you're here on time coming up on Saturday because you don't want to be in the concourse. You don't want to be having to, you know, still get your ticket while all that fun is happening because you just know that the one uh, night you're late is going to be the night that the Wheat Kings come absolutely exploding out of the gate. And that is going to be the night that the Wheat Kings score early on that Teddy Bear Toss goal. Now, when we say, by the way, I do want to touch on something else really quickly regarding Teddy Bear Tosses. We talked about, you know, the nightmare scenarios for Teddy Bear Toss organizers. One is you don't score. One is you score before everybody's in their seats. Another one I saw a couple years ago in Regina. Disallowed goal. Or a goal that wasn't. Oh, or that. It yes. was, I think well, it was yeah. Logan Nyhoff in Regina. It yeah. might have been him or uh, um, Matt Bradley went bar straight down. Like I on the highlight. goal line. Yeah. And the announcers tell people, please don't throw your teddy bears yet. There was no stopping that tidal wave of teddy bears. That just wasn't like there's was no announcement in the world that was going to prevent people from throwing bears on the ice at that point. Oh, that that you just gave me like a stomach ache <laughs> thinking about I'm that happening. I'm so here. happy to have been able to add oh. to your anxieties ahead of the biggest game of the year. It's not like we don't have enough things to prepare for. Nah, we've been through enough of these. We're all good. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow, actually. We got uh, we, we got our plan in place. So uh, just as long as people are in the stands and they're there early, make sure to be ready. Uh, one one thing that, uh, you know, here, here in our arena, we are in a like three-quarter bowl. We got the wall. But down the south, of course, you got all the netting up. So people like to kind of walk and want to throw the bears on themselves. In, in the bigger rinks, when you're in Calgary or whatever, they don't you don't walk. You just throw it and you hit somebody, and then that person throws it. <laughs> that's it's just, sort of a weird bucket chain. That's of teddy exactly bears. Yeah. that's how it gets there. Here, everybody likes to be the one who actually throws it onto the ice. So they all walk down to the glass and and do that, and we love it. But yeah, it's this is this thing. So if that was to happen here, it, it would take even longer. So we got to make sure that yeah, the goal crosses the line. Uh, hopefully, it happens at a decent amount of time into the game where everybody is you know got their first drink and they're sitting there and they're all ready and excited and and yet the coaches will say they, they want it early. Because you get it out of the way. The longer into the game you go, and this kind of happened to a degree my last year in Prince Albert. They got gripping the sticks a little tight. I think Ryder Ritchie got the teddy bear toss goal like late, late in the second period. And it's this moment of, 
Oh, thank goodness. For me, I love when we can get it late in the first. That's ideal because then we get to go into the intermissions. We're not in this big time crunch. The way the paper toss works is if it happens in like the first basically half of the period, uh, you will clean up and then you finish the period as normal. But if it happens in the later part of the period, then you do the cleanup and it goes right into intermission. So you have a little bit more of a time buffer, more time for you know some of the stuff. The away team isn't waiting there, sitting on the bench, waiting for you to clean up the bears, just watching you, right? They can they, they can, can go, go off and they exactly. can relax for a bit and whatever. Uh, so, but no pressure, guys. Whenever it comes, it comes. Just as long as one of them gets to pot a goal, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we did get some very uh, cool news here, just coming down uh, the, the 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 pipeline, and that is uh, with uh, some some injury movement in the roster. Jackson Jacobson been recalled from the U18 game for this teddy bear toss, and uh, after his debut, Rob, uh, you know already the shares on the posts and and people commenting, it's, it's gonna be pretty fun to see him back in the lineup on Saturday. The second person from Western Manitoba to go viral on the last week in regards to something in terms of hockey. We can thank the Verdant announcer for being the other one. <laughs> and Jackson's was remarkable. I mean, that gets picked up absolutely everywhere. Your first game in the building, as I said on the air, you practically grew up in and you score twice. And the Moose Jaw Warriors, against whom, by the way, Jackson put up a five-point game in the preseason and then we're on the receiving end of his two-goal game last time around. They've got to see him getting recalled and go, oh, come on, not this guy again. <laughs> Three times already? Uh, things happen in threes. I'm just saying. It's going to be a whole lot of fun on Saturday night. So hopefully you see everybody here. And uh, it's not just for teddies. It's the teddy, uh, toque, and mitt toss. We like to say that, but it's so much more. Any kind of warm clothing donation, even non-perishable food items. Uh, we're going to have uh, Wawanisa Insurance here that night. We are going to have uh, West Manchester on Christmas dinner. We're going to have Christmas cheer here. So lots of different organizations, you know, all taking the different donations. So whatever you can bring to help donate, it's going to go to somebody in our area in need this holiday season. And of course, even, you know, us and we got to plan the hospital visit that we always do as well. So um, whatever you can bring, whatever you can donate on Saturday night, there's going to be somebody here who can uh, you know help help find someone who can use that this holiday season so it's a very special evening on saturday and uh getting very excited for it absolutely and the teddy bear toss aspect of it is fantastic that's that's pretty much a given that that's going to be a big night for us mm -hmm. as it happened the way the standings have shaken out there's some real meat to this game it's so much bigger like on the ice, hey? When you really one, look yeah. at this now lately. That's right. You look at this win streak. The guys have crawled back into the standings. They have been crawling up, crawling up. And uh, and now, Rob, we go into this one. So if the guys win here, all of a sudden, you're looking at third place in the East. There's nothing that can happen in any other game throughout the Eastern Conference that would change the fact that if the Wheat Kings win on Saturday night, they are going to go into the Christmas break in third place. Yeah. And they and they belong there. Like they've been playing like a third place team lately. They belong there. And when I think back to immediately after the U.S. road trip, where they'd rattle off that string of losses, a couple of them coming really late, and a couple of them coming in overtime in the shootout, definitely a, a trip there. They felt they left some points on the table, reflecting on where they were in the standings then, where Moose Jaw was in the standings then. And you think to yourself, boy, the, the Wheat Kings win this one, third place going into the break. And if they win this game, they can do no worse than a split in the season series with Moose Jaw. They've won three games. This would be the fourth win out of eight, and they've lost one in overtime. So they win this one, and come time for tiebreaker season, that might be big. And how nice would it be to go into Christmas break riding a seven-game heater? Lucky number seven. And especially given that those last two games, you had to do it without Nate Danielson. 
You had to yeah. do it without your captain, arguably the heart and soul of your team, a guy who has helped steer you to the last couple wins against Moose Jaw. It's definitely going to be a different animal tomorrow night because, of course, the Warriors are missing bodies as well. Though they did get some reinforcements that I have to admit, I was not expecting them to get. We had a pretty good idea that, that Nate was going to make Team Canada. And I mean, if you look at every single roster projection, he was on all of them. But so was Jagger Furcus. And I'm genuinely surprised he was cut from the eventual team. Yeah, um, a lot of people were. I mean, me too. I mean, when you, you're the one who told me that. And we were going by and I was with Greg in the production room and both of us went, what, really? Like, and we had to pull up our phone to verify. Like, really? He didn't? Yeah, it was pretty shocking. Uh, a little bit scary as a Wheat King fan because, you know, those oh, yeah. guys could then come in and be like, you know what? I'm going to use this as the chip on the shoulder and they're going to come in and they're just going to dominate or try to. All so, you need is for him to come in mad. The good news yeah. is he's got a game against, I believe it's the Kamloops Blazers tonight to kind of work some of that out of his system. And incidentally, pity the poor Kamloops Blazers. Here you go, Jagger. Gonna Here you go. Mad Jagger Furcus. Please feast on the Blazers. Get <laughs> have it fun. Out, get have it out of your fun, system. Furcus Circus. Go and, go and do all the tricks there. Listen, we're, we're in the opposite <laughs> conference from the Blazers. We bear them no ill will, but I'm sorry, Kamloops, you are in the role of exorcist tonight. You get to let Jagger Furcus get it all out of his system before he comes here. <laughs> Please. Thank you. We appreciate that for Teddy Bear Toss. For the kids, Blazers. For the kids. Do it for the kids. <laughs> Won't somebody please think, think of, of the, the children? children. Yes. Uh, all right. Our guest this week here on the Weekly Harvest Podcast. We uh, we caught up with the first uh, Week King ever to hail from the state of Texas. And uh, he just recently traded here from Regina Pass. We thought this would be a great chance for our fans to get to know more about him and get caught up. So now here live in the Week King studio on the Weekly Harvest Podcast, we're joined with Mateo Michaels. How are you, Mateo? Good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. We're very excited to have you up here. Yeah, glad to have you on. Uh, our fans are, you know, eager to know more about one of our, uh, you know, very rare U.S. born players, but our first ever guy from Texas to make the <laughs> roster. So, uh, Mateo, first, let's let's go back. Let's find out more about you. Uh, when did you start playing hockey? What was what was it like down there in Texas? Um, probably about the same as anyone else. Honestly, I was four or five years old, so kind of grew up playing in Texas and played there for like till I was about. 14 years old and then went to a prep school in New York and then made my way to the WHL. So we hear all the time about the game growing in the Southern yeah. United States. And this would be an example of it. Cause when you and I were coming up, Chris, there were no players from Texas, Arizona, places like that. If yep. the U S had hockey players, they were all from Minnesota. Now, when you were growing up, how much of a Dallas Stars fan were you? Oh, I'm still am. I, I go. I think my parents still have season tickets, and even last year, I went to every single playoff game. So I think it's pretty sweet. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, your team's growing up there. If I remember correctly, when I was looking at your, you know, DB, whenever when we first drafted you, I, I saw some of those Dallas Stars elite teams you were on, right? Mm -hmm. What's that like going playing from the elite level in Texas to going to that prep school in New York? Um, I think in Dallas, we, um, you know, like you kind of had to fly everywhere. There wasn't much competition because we're the only AAA team in Texas. So we would always have to fly to Arizona or Michigan and stuff like that and play games. So I think me going to U New York in that East Coast area, it would be a lot more exposure for scouts and just a lot better players because like we could drive three, two hours and go play top 10 teams in the country. So. The other thing that stands out to me about those those prep leagues and those AAA leagues, like the AAA Stars, AAA Sharks, and so on and so mm -hmm. forth, they play a ton of games in a year. How many mm -hmm. times would you say you were playing in any given year? Um, I'd probably play up to like 70 to 80 games a year, probably. Like, yeah, we'd have like 
basically almost every other weekend we'd fly somewhere and go play in like six or seven games so yeah was there a team wow. among those other AAA teams that jumps out at you as like a rival? Because there's not really a geographical rival yeah. at that point, but there are teams that you play no, against. Definitely, because we would have our Tier 1 Elite League, and that's like the Arizona, Colorado. So like Colorado Thunderbirds, Arizona Coyotes, like all those in that, that area, those are all of our rivals. So yeah, we play them a lot. Wow, that's so cool. So so down there, obviously, yeah, I mean, hockey since when we were kids has absolutely exploded. Uh, what is your first recollection though of the WHL then was that ever on the radar you know when you were still down in Texas was that when you got to New York that you kind of heard about the league up here or mm-hmm. what's the first thing you remember about hearing about the WHL in general um I think it was probably when I turned like 12 years old that's when scouts would start coming and like when I was 14 that was my draft year or whatever and we had the WHL cups we went to that in Seattle and we played in Seattle's Thunderbirds rink for the WHL Cup, so like I think West Van was there, a bunch of Canadian teams were there, so that was where my exposure kind of came from, and that's kind of when uh, WHL teams started reaching out, and that kind of what sparked my interest a little bit, yeah. And when it comes to the broader CHL, not so much the WHL specifically, but I understand you had some family connections with the Canadian Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like um, my grandma uh, used to take my parents to like our OHL games all the time, and like my parents grew up around the OHL. I have some, I had a family member that played in the OHL, so it's just like it's kind of in my blood, you know, a little bit. So I was very, fam- my family's very familiar with it. So why take us into you getting into the league then? How did that come about? Um, kind of, it was after my 15s year. And then like, I wanted to play juniors as a 16 year old. That's kind of what I wanted to do. That's kind of the step that I wanted to make. So I think the option that I had was go to the WHL because they would take me as a 16 year old. And if I stayed in the States, then I would have to play AAA again. So that's kind of the decision that I made. I wanted to make the next step at that point. So now that first year in the league for you, that was the first year right out of COVID, as I recall. Yeah. And you were actually, strangely enough, the first American prospects draft player to make the full-time jump to the yeah. Western Hockey League. What was that process like of crossing borders to play hockey? It was definitely like, yeah, I, like I had to go get all my COVID shots in like less than a month and all that kind of stuff. So it's like definitely like um, there's a big like sacrifice, I guess, because then I had to like move up there and like cross the border and all that kind of stuff and like not knowing what's going on. I didn't get to visit like in the summer, like a prospects camp or anything like that. So it's like I get there and then I'm right into the season and I'm 16 years old. So, yeah, it was definitely a big change. So your time in Regina there for the last couple of uh, uh, seasons, and then you find out that you've been traded to the Brandon Wee Kings. Before we get into the trade, what was your first experience with Brandon? I always love this. What was yeah. your first trip here? Do you remember it coming in as a visitor? Yeah, j- just driving here, like from Regina and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. What was your first thoughts in the building oh, and your first game here? Like, uh, like my first game here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it was the energy in this place and like even during like practices and all that kind of stuff like we're playing music during practice and just all the guys seem to have a ton of energy and it just seems so welcoming and like I seemed like I fit in right away and it was just so exciting for me yeah and you told me when we spoke after the trade that you've got some fond memories of this building mm-hmm. before you were ever a Wheat King because as mm-hmm. a member of the Regina Pats you had some good games here mm-hmm. no it's definitely one of my favorite rinks to play and I always seem to play in a good like the lighting in this rink I don't know it's just the vibe of it just I don't know I, I love this rink a lot so uh, picking your goal song how how hard was that when you came over because uh, you guys don't do c- custom goal songs in no, Regina we don't do custom goal songs so I kind of talked with the guys a little bit we went through some songs and then kind of got one suggestion and I was like oh yeah I remember that from like growing up it was one of my like warm-up songs and stuff like that before games when I was like eight years old so I was like okay I'll use that one 
That's awesome. Yeah. I guess you're still obviously in pretty close contact with you know friends you made with the Regina Pats organization. Any members of the Pats that you've played with for those couple of years that you're particularly close with? Yeah, I'd say I'm say I'm particularly close with uh, most of them actually. Like uh, all the we were a pretty tight group and stuff like that. But I'm I'm pretty close with like Tanner Howe, Sam Aremba, Boria Vallis. I lived with him for a little bit, but I was very close with uh, Sfozel. I think that's why I get it with uh, get along with Dom very well because they're both Czechs. So I get along with. Uh, got along with uh Fozel really well and i still connect with him and stuff like that so have and they have they taught you any check pick up any of the phrases <laughs> they've, they've got me a couple of things but i think i forgot it by now <laughs> i'll tell you anytime yeah. anyone i knew knew another language the first thing i wanted to know was how to swear and it's, oh yeah and it's no just, that's it, always the first thing you ask again. it's such a yeah. useless thing to learn but yeah. we all want to learn yeah, no you always want to know that stuff so yeah when we talk about regina pats and guys you were close with you're of course from the 2005 birth year so you had a couple guys your age coming into 16 years old at the yep. same time tanner howe was one the one a lot of our fans, I'm sure, want to yeah. know about yeah. was the guy wearing 98. Yeah. What was it like being along for the ride <laughs> on that incredibly pressure-packed year with him? Oh, that it was definitely a big experience. You know, just every rink we went to was just sold out. That game in Calgary, 19,000 fans, media around him everywhere. It was like we were playing in the NHL almost. It was just, it was definitely a really cool experience. So I, it was awesome. We'd have to check, but I don't think the Calgary Flames have had 19,000 fans at <laughs> a nope. game this year like this. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, no, that 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 whole Bedard effect was absolutely unbelievable yep. to be a part of in every building for sure. I, <laughs> uh, you know, going going forward now, you're here, you're on the Wheaties, you're telling me, you know, like you're having fun at practice, all the guys are gelling, getting along, and here you are riding a six game winning streak, <laughs> and you're doing so with one more game to go, and it's a big one. Yep. It's teddy bear toss. It it's is. not just a game that kind of you know sometimes depending on the on the team of the year that last game for Christmas break. It can be a bit of a phone-in game. Yeah. The guys want to get on their break. They're looking yeah. forward to Christmas. But when it's Teddy Toss, I got a feeling, maybe you can verify, I got a feeling it's not going to be a phone-in game on Saturday. Oh, definitely not. I think we're all <laughs> excited for it. We're all ready to go. So, Yeah, having, a, having an absolutely packed building oh, uh, yeah. in, yes. in, in, yep. in that. Who do you got scoring the big goal? Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Seth Tanzim on this one. The last couple of practices, he's actually been like lights out and like really standing out. So I think I'm gonna go with Seth Tanzim. I'm for, glad you for suggested him to be Seth. Actually. His yeah. first ever WHL yeah. goal That's to be I'm the thinking. teddy bear toss goal. Yeah, that would be pretty special for yeah. sure. And I thought he had one in Prince Albert. Oh, and it turned. Hey, out. I was standing right in front of the net. Hit the post, goes across the crease. I'm like, oh no way. Both yeah. I and the the Prince Albert Raiders broadcaster Nolan Cole, we were talking in the intermission, and he said, "You thought that was in, right? Like you reacted like that was in." Yeah, it, it went in at such an angle that I thought for sure he'd buried that one, mm -hmm. but he's coming closer. And I'm glad you brought up Seth specifically because it seems like in every one of these six games, there's been a moment where somebody's had some kind of milestone. Yep. And last night, it was Trey Fouquet getting his first goal as a Wheat King. You had the assist on that. Yep. What was it like when you see a guy like that pot his first as a Wheat King? Or even that goal, too. I was just like, I didn't ex like. It was just like, oh. It was unexpected. Was, yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> sniper's oh, touch. Oh, okay. It was like, yeah, it was definitely very exciting. You know, like, <laughs> give him that pass. And then he goes down and roofs one top corner. Yeah, it was pretty sweet, so. And on that same kind of note, among the moments on this win streak was your first goal as a Wheat King. Yeah. What was that moment like? That's uh, definitely a big moment, especially against my old team, what are, like the odds of that kind of happening. But yeah, no, it was definitely like a good moment for me and kind of like a let's get this going. So yeah. That was also a big uh, slap my forehead moment for me <laughs> because this guy, this poor guy, he, he, he gets here, tells me his goal song. I go through the work of making everything. 
And of course, that was the Wheat City Walleye Night. Yep. Oh, so Mateo yes. was not wearing number 88. He was wearing number 46 <laughs> that yep. night because of the jersey cutoff. So then all of a sudden, the guys are telling me, 46, 46. I look at my screen, my mind in the moment, just because it's so exciting. Yep. It goes blank. I just went, I... I don't have his number. Oh, I didn't do it for him. And then I didn't even think until seconds later. I'm like, I know I did his. I know. And I'm like, 88. <laughs> like, I man, I it was hearing. just. Uh, yeah. And then and then I, I apologized to Mateo. I was like, I'm <laughs> sorry. Mistake. I missed your first one. Yeah. So anyway, next time I guarantee <laughs> we're going to get his song. There. I, mean, I felt so bad. I remember <laughs> hearing Chelsea Dagger and thinking, now, wait a minute. That doesn't seem quite right. But <laughs> that's the song we just start with until goal. we can figure it out. And then, yeah, yeah. I was panicking and, and it is what it is. I, I heard about that after from a few people like, oh, you didn't get the new guys in. Eh? I'm like, no, nah, I did. I just, <laughs> I just, I just forgot what number he was wearing tonight. Changed his number. <laughs> this for one game. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, oh, yeah. well. Weed yeah. City Walleye. Uh, what was that like, putting that jersey on? It was, it was, a, it was pretty cool. It was you know, a diff, different change-up and, like, different uh, different approach to it. But it was kind of cool with the fans and stuff like that. You know, change up the name, see what it's like. But, yeah. Do you do much fishing down in Texas growing up? Um, I, I honestly haven't done much much fishing, but there is a lot of good fishing spots. Like, there's lakes and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely a lot of good fishing areas. A lot of bass fishing, of course, down yep. in Texas. I yep. know. I know that's huge. A lot of huge. big uh, ones, too. You know, gr- growing up here watching, you know, big big fishermen, watching all the fishing yep. shows. It seems like down south, it's a lot of that. Walleye starting to catch on more and more, uh, the, more in the northern lakes, of course. But, yeah, mm. down, down there, lots of that. But oh, yeah. while, while you're up here, have you done any fishing while you've been in Canada? I haven't, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, last year I did do ice fishing in uh, Regina. Oh, Regina you just made Beach someone's day. Day. Yep. I, I prefer ice fishing over yep. the summer. Yeah. yeah, no, I did ice fishing last last year. So yeah, awesome. See, yeah. I think Texas, and I think hunting before I think fishing. Yeah, and that I'm guessing is a, is a pastime. Oh, it's de- it's definitely like a big thing. I think uh, a couple of my like brothers' friends' families have like ranches, and they all go hunting out there. And sometimes I'll go out there and jump out there, dirt biking, ATV, all that kind of stuff. So much land, so much opportunity. Texas yeah. ranch and guns. I think it just kind of oh, yeah. I mean, makes that's sense, just right? all goes together. Yeah, sort of makes sense. I mean, we are Canadians on a hockey podcast talking about ice fishing. We can't throw stones about stereotypes, <laughs> but like, yep. I mean, I, hey, sometimes they exist for a reason. 100%. And on that <laughs> note, we actually had Country Western Night not that long ago, yep. and you, you brought a little bit of Texas flair with I you. I did. I had to. I had to represent Texas. So, yeah, that's what I did. And, and, and what was that for the people listening who didn't see the post? Pardon? And what was that for people who didn't see the post? Oh, that What'd was just like cow- cowboy boots, cowboy hat, you know, like a couple jeans, belts. It was the real yeah. deal, though. Oh, yeah. It was the real deal. It oh, wasn't yeah. like a Halloween costume. Oh, that no, was not at all. That's, that was authentic. That's yeah. That's there's yeah. a couple of guys that just that's that was what you guys had. Oh, even yeah. Jaden Weens actually yep. both got in on yep. that one. Yeah, Weens wore some boots. Yep, I think Hank did. Hank, but he wasn't Hank. playing. He was suspended that game, but he did have a pretty good. It didn't matter. He was still worn his. Oh yeah, he was not going to miss that opportunity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not to wear work boots to the game. No, <laughs> no for sure. Uh, so coming on up, what are your Christmas plans here? Are we flying back home down to Texas after yep. this next game? Yep, just flying back home down to Texas. I haven't been there since August, so excited to get home nice. for a little bit. Yep, see family, all the see friends, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good time of year for that. Mm-hmm. And you, have, has the family been keeping up with you through your hockey career? Because I know the distance of miles obviously makes it tougher. Mm-hmm. Oh no, definitely! Like I still keep up with my brother. He's down there playing hockey, doing doing the process that I went through. Still talking to my, pa- <laughs> obviously still talking yeah. to my parents yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, well that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. Yeah. that's good. Yeah. I have they had an opportunity yeah. to have come they been up, up? Yeah. yeah, they have not yet. But I think after Christmas, um, since my brother is odd. Uh, 
off a school break until like January 5th. So they might come up literally right after Christmas with me and like uh, come and see you play the Pats there on the 27th. Come and see the Pats. Yeah, there you go. That's always one of also our big games. Like, so we have this game on the Teddy Bear Toss, the 16th, and then we're back at it again on the 27th. That game is we like to dub it the home for the holidays game because Mateo, a lot of people who kind of grew up here, maybe move on to Saskatchewan or Mm -hmm. Alberta, depending on what they're doing, but they come back for Christmas. They stay for that game and they get home in time for New Year's, right? But that 27th game, we see a lot of ex-Manitobans who are still here oh, really? so it's yeah. a great great buzz and when it's versus Regina yeah. we saw that we're like oh this is perfect so oh, yeah. it's going to be that should be another big game so perfect. that'd be cool if they got up for that oh, one. Oh yeah by the way you mentioned just Saskatchewan that trip trip something in my memory um, did they try to convert you in Saskatchewan to using the term bunny hug because oh. <laughs> when I came over I was six years in Sask and I still call it a hoodie but I was corrected many times on that front. Did you ever hear it called that? No, I've never heard the bunny really? hug. Really, really, you didn't the, get that while you the were there. Bunny oh, hug I've propaganda, missed Mateo. Maybe it's because like all the guys like on my team are just not from like Saskatchewan and stuff like that. I, I guess, sense, but it's but it's it's everywhere. Like really, the, I went to college in uh, in Saskatoon, and the one year there, like right away, that's a hoodie. No, it's a bunny, bunny hug, bunny hug, bunny. <laughs> What? I've first never. time I heard it, but yeah. I yeah. couldn't believe it the first time. I thought they were me- messing with me. Like, I thought it was like, you know, you, you, prairie oysters. I thought it was that. <laughs> but it was, no, it, it's a legitimate thing that some Saskatchewan people get honest to goodness offended about. <laughs> nope, never heard that There's one. There's something about living in the gap that yeah. just, uh, yeah. the gapper's mind. Yeah. The square I don't know. province. The squares. As Jeremy squares. Hotz said, okay, fine, shut up, we'll put it in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, Mateo. Well, big thanks for stopping on by today. Really do appreciate it. Um, for this, uh, uh, big game coming up. Uh, I know that you guys love playing in front of the big crowds. Mm-hmm. W- one last thought about that. What's it like for you at this age when, you know, you, were, you weren't you were here for um, one of the big games so far. This will be your first one here, really, where it's like yeah. going to be back, back, packed. Yeah. But what does that mean when you get to play in front of a crowd like that, where there's yeah. literally thousands of people here? I think, honestly, just mentally for us, it just gives us a boost. You know, we have, like, that, like, even just when, like, we make a big hit and the crowd just goes, oh, or, like, even, like, booing the ref or something like that. It just it just honestly gets our vibes up and, like, gets us going to the, for the game. So, yeah, I think it's very exciting. That happens? Yeah. Uh, never, never, no. <laughs> Two minutes for roughing? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I heard that last night. <laughs> Not yeah. once. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I only do the rising inflection when it's bad yeah so if you hear that yeah and i know i, I like looking in the box and getting your guys's reaction because i know you guys are sometimes <laughs> oh, waiting for it and i was laughing <laughs> there were some uh create there was some creative decision making going on last night i'll say yeah. that much but it didn't matter because the team for whatever reason has decided that shorthanded is just a label and there's no obstacle whatsoever oh, yeah. Yeah. we okay, love scoring shorthand yeah before we end this let's uh, this streak has been an absolute blast to been a part of oh, yeah. there has been a lot of big goals a lot of storylines along the way as well mm-hmm. and then now going Going into that game last night, six different goal scorers. It's yeah. not, and we've said that before in this pod, Rob. Like, it's not like it's a couple of guys contributing. Everybody's right, contributing. That's the fifth, yeah. At least the fifth time this year that has happened. I mean, yeah. we've had the fourth line start the game. We've had energy from everybody. Yeah. Just again, you want you want you want to speak on the, that? Just the shorthanded goals. The, the depth in our lineup is just insane. And like when our whole team is playing, I don't think there's a team in the league that could beat us. It's like, um, I think our our whole lineup could score score goals, and I think all of our D and all of our forwards, if we all contribute, I think we're probably one of the best teams in the league. So, yeah. Right about now, it sure feels that way. Yeah. Well, it's a great time to be on the way up, heading into Christmas break. You know, they always, uh, the old adage was, you don't want to be playing your best hockey in September, October, November. Mm-hmm. You want to hit your stride in December and January, so yep. you're going for February exactly. and March, right? So, this is the perfect time to be streaking at this point, making the way up the standings. Exactly. And uh, one more to go, though. 
before, yep. b- before the break. Let's get her done. You can make it the lucky, hopefully, seven in a row. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Mateo Michaels, thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you guys for having me. Our thanks to Mateo Michaels for making some time for us here this week. Uh, you know, when since Mateo's been here, he has been just like a little bright spot. He's been smiling. He's been having fun, fitting right in with the guys right from the very first practice. Oh, absolutely. And if you watch him on the ice, you know, with the way he plays, there's this constant energy about him. He's always in motion. You kind of get the sense he's like that off the ice, too. Like, he's a bit of a jitterbug, really friendly guy, the sort of guy who you can put into pretty much any social situation, and he's going to do just fine. No, as like the community relation guy, that's the type of personality. Big fan of those guys. Just natural wheat kings so glad glad to have him here continuing a pattern of guys we've traded for this year just happy to be here yeah like D'Souza when he came over from Kelowna was thrilled to be a wheat king Jaden Weens I think you know obviously get traded away from a team you play 160 games for it took some adjustment but he's happy to be here the team's thrilled to have him obviously the trades the team has made, they're bringing in guys who have some pride in the crest, and that's really great to see. Yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome so far with those guys. Uh, so our thanks again to Mateo for doing that. Uh, Mateo, we're speaking with him there, obviously, in the interview about you know some of the Christmas plans and, and these guys. So after the Teddy Bear Toss game on Saturday, they do their own little thing, say goodbye, and then Sunday, boom, they're they're all off because they've only got a few days to really go and enjoy, and they got to be back here, of course, so you know, get ready for that game on the 27th. Uh, for us here, Rob, we, we in the office still have to, of course, you know, be here we're not going to be just straight off next week but you know we do have our own christmas plans well maybe you that's why we're getting into this what are your christmas plans this year what are you up to are you going to be here are you going back to winnipeg going to see the fam yeah i'll probably see the family in winnipeg for a little bit uh it'll, it'll be kind of a, a joint celebration of different things my grandmother just turned 90 years old so it'll hey be nice happy to... birthday grandma is it man uh grandma man yeah all right happy yeah. birthday grandma man 90 that's 90 awesome years old quite a milestone wow. she's gonna get to celebrate christmas with the uh, the whole family back in winnipeg my sister's coming in from toronto so it's going to be a great big reunion. Uh, we will go through entirely too much turkey and also probably too much Christmas baking. Uh, Mom has a, a pension for that, actually. She's got uh, she's got a lot of recipes for Christmas baking that I, I, I always want to like load up on and bring back with me because there's just too many good ones to pick from. But that's been our Christmas tradition forever. That's a very family-oriented holiday for us, and it's going to be the same again. So you're like a very like, you know, into going to the gym and staying fit. And you're talking about your mom's baking and all that. Is that just like kill you at the holidays? Honestly, just... that's half the reason I go to the gym. Like that's... <laughs> just so you can earn the holiday time. Exactly. I got to burn. I got to <laughs> burn the boy. calories. And it's it's been that way for for years and years. You know, my, my mom's mother, my nan used to bake like crazy around Christmas as well. And they'd come back with, you know, imperial cookies, this thing we do called Millionaire Square, which is basically just crumbled up cookies and chocolate. Yeah, I've had those. Yeah, yeah, they're they're so good. And there comes to a point where it's like, I know that I have the self-control of a toddler. So I know that if one of these is in front of me, it's going to be eaten. There's no, oh, geez, I can't. I'm on a diet for me. So I've got to I've got to get into the gym or I'll be 300 pounds after Christmas. Well, if you're sitting there after Christmas looking at it and you've polished off half of it and you're like, I feel shame. Remember, Falco's desk is right here. So if you're looking for any leftovers, eh? <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, can... we do share a lot of food in this office. There's there's always something floating around. A food had to come up on here again, of course, oh, even though we're recording this in the morning somehow. And it's still because I'm thinking of breakfast. breakfast. I haven't had breakfast yet. Uh, we are uh, coming off of a very busy week here with like we're talking about, you know, more more games. And then we had our staff Christmas party last night and get ready for Teddy Bear Toss tomorrow. But uh, yeah, uh, myself, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the guys uh, being gone for like a week. It, I love when they're here of course we love this this long you know um when they're on the road it's it's kind of boring around here you know there's 
there's no life. You, you 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 want that energy to you know to work in hockey, but when it comes to Christmas time and the guys are you know away just doing that, you don't have to do anything. I like this little break, and uh, for me, I can't wait. I'm gonna get the ice shack on the lake. Oh, you've been waiting for this. This you? is it. I almost got it on last week, and it's like uh, I just had other stuff had to get done, and didn't want to rush it. But no, this is it. Next week. The shack is on the lake, and uh, I've been getting photos of my buddies who have been out there for a week already fishing in their shacks, and I'm missing out. I'm you missing out. Ma- you should take Mateo Michaels. As we heard, as we heard. Yeah, yeah you know what? There's, there's a lot of weekings. We got to do an ice fishing event. The guys like it. There'd be a number the of them, I think, everything. Would, be, would be big into it. I'm not, I'm not sure I could guess who. I mean, if I had to guess, Matt Henry. This could definitely be the winter, too. With it being so mild, it'd be yeah. easy to get you know guys out there and could do it, and you wouldn't have to freeze. On that note, I'm actually impressed you're able to get your shack out this early. Like it's yeah. we haven't had like we haven't had that deep freeze that usually by this time of year you can rely on showing up. But this winter in particular, and don't get me wrong, I'm not pining for it. We haven't had that minus thirty week. Yeah, well, I, so for the for the non ice fishermen, you know, if you ever at near a frozen lake and you see all the shacks and the trucks and you're like how do they all get out so eight to ten inches is like the bare minimum for a shack a snowmobile or like a small truck you need at least 12 to 14 inches to get like a full-size truck on so right now i know out of rivers they're anywhere between eight to ten inches so there's guys again with their shacks snowmobiles their quarter tons they're getting out there they're doing all that so the villages are starting to grow and pop up people still trying to space out because of that but yeah it's that time of the year but it's it's that consistent uh, freezing out there and the lakes it's not like the rivers the water ain't moving so it's just constantly freezing little by little. So anyway, that's what I'm excited for. That I mean, I mean, you're going to have your Christmas plans as well, I'm sure. But uh, do you ever take the kids out ice fishing? Oh, my kids ice fish with me all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it's, it's it's hilarious. My my 15 year old, uh, he's, he's gone through waves with it, but he's he's always consistently like he likes being out there. The eight year old, it's it's hit and miss, of course, with Briar. Right. If we're catching, he's having a blast because he's eight and it's he's reeling in fish. If it's a slow day. He's on the iPad. He's not really that invested yeah. in, in doing whatever. But when I tell him that we're going fishing, he goes, oh, again, Dad? <laughs> again? And it'll be like twice a month. I'm like, but we were like two weeks ago. I know, but we didn't catch anything. <laughs> well, I promise we might this time. So Maybe catch some walleye. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. So anyway, uh, that and then, of course, you know, Christmas plans myself as well. Going yeah. back to Winnipeg, go and see the family, uh, go and do all that. So it'll be good. It'll be good. But we'll get our break. And then before we know it, right back at, uh, back here for the holiday hockey. So the 27th and the 29th, we got a couple of games here. Oh, hold up. Before we do that, we got to talk about the 50-50. So progressive 50-50 yes. is happening. Teddy bear toss after the game. So what's going to happen is we got the three stars of the game going to be announced hardest working player. And then the draw Rob for the progressive 50-50. We did this last year, not just helping out the weak Kings, but helping out other AAA minor hockey teams, raising a whole bunch of money and helping somebody make their Christmas a whole lot merrier. As, as, as of now, that's over $40,000. Any speculation on how high it might climb? Because I would be comfortable saying that's going to get north of 50 by the time we draw. So last year, the winner took home, what was it? It was like 60, 70 grand. Oh, it, wow. Like, so it, it got real It big. got up to like, a, yeah, it was well over 100. Like, it was crazy. And it was all the last hours. And the nice thing is, it's not just people at our game. It's literally anybody in Manitoba can buy a ticket for that. So if you're listening to this and you're up north, you're in Winnipeg, you don't have to be here. You got to go to WheatKings.com, click on 50-50, and buy a progressive 50-50 ticket from there. And of course, if you are here at the game, you can do so. But yeah, Rob, it was it was crazy. Going into the last couple of, uh, even like the last day, I think it was like 
not even half that. And then the last day, it was every hour we're pushing refresh and it was just, a th- you know, two grand more, two grand more. By the time we were at the party after the game, because it was New Year's Eve last year, and that's when we did our New Year's game in the social, uh, we were updating. It was $5,000. Five. It was oh, just, boy. it was going nuts by the time right before the draw. So, because as people see that and they get sharing, everybody gets really excited with the thought of, you know, winning that much money. But oh my goodness, yes. Even now, can you imagine getting a check in now for over $20,000 in time I for Christmas? I think I would have to change the Christmas presents I'm buying. That would be. I would have to get something a little nicer. And it is going to go a whole lot higher than that. So, uh, it's going to be a great night on Saturday night as we do that Uh, on top of that a heads up for any of the Wheat City Wildlife fans I know we were uh, talking to Matt here right before the pod and we have got the new gear rolling on in Uh, there was a lot of demand for the Wheat City Walleye gear people love this in time for Christmas buying their Christmas gifts we were sold out of certain hats toques not only are those back in stock but we got some new stock as well that just arrived yeah I got a quick look at it Matt just came what do you think of the camo hat oh that's nice and it's so on brand with the fishing theme like you just like a lot of camo stuff because I'm a more fisherman than hunterman, but a lot of the just warm clothing seems to be camo around here. It so does, I do have yeah. a few camo things. Um, and the logo looks good whether you're sticking but, it on camo. Oh man, or not, that like logo that. on a camo hat. Yeah, if you're like if you're into that, then you gotta come and check that out or check it out online. It'll be up there shortly at the BWK store. But uh, yeah, Christmas could be a whole lot merrier. You could buy a whole lot of Wheat City Walleye gear if you were to win that progressive 50-50. So uh, make sure to get your ticket and it's gonna be uh, yeah drawn. Like I said, post game on Saturday. Then we got that holiday hockey on the 27th and the 29th. Um, Those ones just love seeing everybody back, you know, in the area. Great, great, great times. Uh, And then uh, on after that, finally, you guys are going to get out of here and go play a road game. (laughs) Yeah, we get a heck of a road stretch. It's going to be interesting for me in particular because I've got to do some traveling around it involving a wedding. I won't get into too many details, but I'm going to have I'm going to have a very happy new year. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you are. We're not going all the but you are literally like Rob's going to be bouncing around provinces here for a wedding. Like, I don't know how you're going to actually do this without, you know, getting any sleep. I'm ping-ponging back and forth here. I've got, like, the schedule planned out in my mind, and it's it's ugly. Let's put it this way. I'm going to be staying at a hotel in Saskatoon when it's all done because I don't think I'm going to be able to make that drive back that night. So there's a lot to go through, but it's it's worth it. It's only going to happen uh, once because this uh, this buddy of mine, you know, it's it's a wedding that I'm really looking forward to being part of. And it's it's going to happen one time, and it's well worth it for that. And then from there, the road schedule becomes a lot more normal. And by the time we're back in action again, we're staring down an entirely different milestone. Because all of a sudden, January 10th is right around the corner. Yep. Jan 10th in junior hockey is a big day, of course, because that is the trade deadline. And there's a lot of our stuff that even involves around that day, because that's when you know what your roster truly is for the rest of the year. So when junior teams are, you know, doing stuff with, you know, the, all the final push with the print, with the posters and the team hockey cards and all that, that is a big deadline. Cause you gotta know what your team is. And of course, every year, depending on, you could be holding steady, you could be selling or you could be buying. And if you were to look at the Wee Kings a month and a half ago compared to right now, you probably have a whole lot different opinion of selling to buying. Yeah, this is an area where I am glad I'm not Marty Murray because he's got choices to make. The team has played themselves into buyer status at this point. And if you win on Saturday and you go into the break in third place, that's a position from which you are probably looking to add. The trick is... Who do you add from? The t- the conference is so airtight this year. I I would say off the top of my head, 
of the eight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference right now, guys who are above the playoff line at this very moment, six of them minimum could justify being buyers. It's going to be one of those years in the conference where there's going to be a lot of people who think that they are going to be the ones this year. And it's going to be, uh, you know, tight to to have to walk that uh, or hard to walk, walk that tight line of mortgaging your future for success now. And uh, yeah, very interesting to see what 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 happens here. But at the, at the same time, this current roster has just won six in a row. And like we said, it's not as if it's coming from just one guy who needs help. The entire team is contributing. Absolutely. So, what you know, maybe this is a team where you're just like, let let's see what these guys have, right? Yeah. So it'll be very interesting. But before we get into that, we got a lot to get through, and of course, Christmas break. So let's let, let's all enjoy that. Have um, yourself a merry, a very merry, festive season, everybody. Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus. Gather around the pole. Air your grievances with one another. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> we got to bring back the Festivus pole here in the office. <laughs> we had that at one time? Oh. No, no, but that would be awesome. That would be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I never know whether you're serious when you talk about things we used to have here or not sometimes. I should yeah, I should just start just, just telling you that for real. And just I, I'd start buy making a it lot of it. Because why not? Why not? All right, everybody. Have yourself a, a very happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, he's Rob Man. I'm Chris Falco. We will talk to you guys again. Uh, are we going to do this next week? We might as well after the Teddy Bear Toss. We're still going to be here. Are you going to be here next week? I'm not. That's, that's when you're gone. That's when I'm gone. All right, forget it. Then whatever. Maybe I'll do it by myself. We'll see if I'm in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> I'll just sit here and do it. Ah, humbug. Humbug. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Harvest Podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you again later. Go Wheaties, go. Go Wheaties, go.